You are listening to the Grace Covenant Cornelius Audio Podcast. Well, grab your Bibles, um, your sermon notes if you'd like to follow along. We're going to be looking at several different passages of Scripture this morning, so you might want to keep your Bible handy. I think a lot of them they're going to have on the screen. But today, we're launching into a new series on prayer. Over the next few weeks, we want to talk about how do we connect with God. Actually, we're going to spend three weeks talking about this. How do we connect with God? Because one of the things I've come to discover is that if we had honesty in the room today, um, I think we would all say that we struggle to some degree when it comes to prayer. It's like uh, we get a lot of static on the line. It's kind of like this past Friday night, I was trying to listen to the Morrisville football game, and I was kind of going in and out of the radio coverage area. So I would pick up the game, and then I'd get a lot of static, and I'd pick up the game, and I'd get a lot of static. And as I was thinking about that, I thought, you know, that, that's kind of what our prayer life is like sometimes. Like sometimes we feel like, wow, I'm really, I've got a strong connection to God. And then if we're honest this morning, I think sometimes we would say, hey, there's a lot of static on the line. I see one person shaking their head, so me and you, we got it this morning. I I see that. No, I think it's true for all of us. And so I just want to spend some time talking about this this whole process of of connecting with God through the avenue of prayer. There's a great story, funny story, of a pastor who owned a parrot who had acquired a vocabulary of cuss words from a previous owner. And as you can imagine... It was just, it was terribly embarrassing. The pastor and the parrot, and every time someone would come in, the parrot would kind of let off this this whole list of colored words, and uh, the pastor didn't know what to do. Well, there was a woman in his congregation who suggested a remedy. She, she said that she could take the pastor's cussing parrot and put with, with her well-behaved parrot, who happened to be a female, and this well-behaved parrot, all it would ever say is, let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. So the birds were put together in the same cage so that this transformation might, uh, might begin. And the pastor's bird took one look at the lady parrot and chirped, Hi, toots, how about a little kiss? And the female parrot responded gleefully, My prayers have been answered. <laughs> and we wish prayer worked that way for us. That we would pray and we would, like, get... And we would get answers. But it's been my experience as I talk with people, the people of Grace Covenant, and I have lots of conversations, hallway conversations, water cooler conversations, conversations in my office. And as I talk with you, I, I find that there's a lot of people at Grace Covenant who are frustrated with prayer. I believe... We know we should pray, but oftentimes we don't pray. I believe that we want to pray more and better, but oftentimes we don't know how. I believe we would like to be more effective in praying, and, and we would like to get more answers, but we're not sure how to be more effective when it comes to prayer. So uh, we want to spend the next few weeks talking about three things, the purpose, the posture, and the process of prayer. So today we're going to kind of focus in on the purpose of prayer. Now, let me say, as we begin this series, I'm not an expert when it comes to praying. So it's not like I'm the expert and I'm going to teach you, the novice, how to pray. Um, At times, again, as I said, I struggle with prayer. 
At times I, I feel like, well, I'm, okay, I'm doing this pretty good. And, and other times it's, it's challenging, it's, it's difficult. So there's a whole lot I'm learning about prayer. Uh, and again, because so many people are, are frustrated with this process of prayer, I thought, wow, we should just talk about it. And see what we can learn, see what we can learn together. So my posture throughout this series is I'm a learner. I, I need to learn like I, I think maybe you need to learn about this concept of prayer. But <clears throat> to kind of get us all on the same page this morning, I'm going to do a quick survey. So if you would answer yes to these questions, simply raise your hand. Here's the first question. How many of you, how many of you would would agree or think that prayer is important for us as Christ's followers. It looks like most everyone's a little hard to see with the lights, but I think pretty much everybody has. Here's the second question. How many of you would say you pray, but at times you struggle to make prayer a priority? Again, a lot of folks. Here's the third question. How many of you would say... That there's, there's things you've been praying about for a long time, but you seem to get no answers. Yeah. And one last question. How many of you would say that you pray, but you often feel like you run out of words? It's like the vocabulary is not there. There's words like not sufficient maybe to express um, what's happening in your hearts. And I think most of us in the room today <clears throat> are just like Jesus' disciples who struggle with prayer. Now, get this. Here's a group of men who've been with Jesus for at least two years, maybe longer. They've watched him. They've listened to his teaching. They've heard him pray, yet, yet they were still struggling with prayer. Matter of fact, as recorded in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Listen to what, listen to what the disciples said to Jesus. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, "Teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples to pray." And then Jesus began to instruct his disciples how to pray. I think there's a couple of things we can pick up from this interaction. The first thing is this: it's okay to say we don't know how to pray, or it's okay to say we're struggling with prayer. I've been in Christian circles before where it was not safe to say that. But I want you to know it's safe here to say I'm struggling with prayer because supposedly I'm your leader and I'm struggling with prayer. Okay, so it's, it's safe for us to say Jesus didn't condemn the disciples like, come on, you bunch of losers. You mean you've been with me for two years. You don't even know how to pray. Like rejects, I need to get some new, I need to get some new disciples. That's not what Jesus says at all. I mean, he just begins then to instruct the disciples. Here's the second thing I think we can pick up from this, is you can learn how to pray. Jesus taught the disciples how to pray. And even as the disciples learned how to pray, so we can learn how to pray or learn how to pray better. You know, I think prayer, as I was thinking about this, I thought prayer is kind of like an infant learning to walk. How many of you know babies don't come out of the womb walking? Right? They come out of the womb, they grow, they develop some muscle, and usually they first begin to crawl, right? Are you with me? They begin to crawl, and then they get brave and they stand up, a little wobbly, take their first step, and they do what? They fall. 
And they get up and they try it again. And what happens? They fall. There's a lot of falling in the process. Eventually, the child comes to a place that they can walk with confidence. And then from walking to running. And as I was thinking about that, though, even as there's a progression of development for a child from an a newborn infant to that of a child who's like running and playing, just as there's a progression of development, I think so it is with prayer. I said, you don't get saved in the same day, know how to effectively, actively pray. It's not like, again, you're a newborn believer and, and like you got this prayer thing figured out. No, you're a novice. You're, you're crawling and then you come to the place that you're kind of learning to walk yet you're falling. However, this is what I've come to discover is a challenge oftentimes for Christ followers is we never move beyond the crawling stage, spiritually speaking, when it comes to prayer. In other words, we've never committed ourselves to a process of learning, how can I be more effective in prayer? Or how how can I learn, how can I learn to connect in a greater way with God? In prayer, prayer is a spiritual activity or a spiritual discipline that we grow in as we as we engage the process. But it requires that what of ongoing, man, we're learning. We're pressing into this. Hey, interesting, the God who created us loves us outrageously. And when he desires a relationship with us, and the relationship happens through communication. Now, let me ask you a question. What happens in a relationship if you don't have communication? So I know not, not everyone's married here this morning. I understand that. Uh, but for those who are married or, or have been married, let me ask you a question. How important is communication to the marriage relationship? It's vital, critical. Uh, no communication. I can tell you what's going to happen. There's going to be a slow drift that sets in. There's going to be a slow deterioration. Why? Because there's not the communication that brings vitality to the relationship. Listen, it's the same process in a relationship with God. A prayer, prayer is the means that we can connect to, that we can relate to, that we can grow in a relationship with God. Oswald Chambers says it so well. He says, prayer does not fit us for the greater work. Prayer is the greater work. It's the greater work and the privilege that we have as limited human beings to connect with an unlimited God. So look in there to your notes. Prayer is this avenue that God's given us that we might live in relationship with Him and seek His assistance for our lives. The good news for all of us is this. We don't have to process life on our own. We have help. We have access to the one who can bring help for our life. And the access is the avenue of prayer. Numerous times, numerous times throughout the Bible, God invites us to come. He encourages us to come and to ask, to come and to engage in relationship. Listen, so when we respond in prayer, we're not coming presumptuously. Get this, we're coming at God's invitation. Think about that. I mean, that's more than I can get my my little brain around this morning. The creator of the universe is inviting me. To come and connect with him through this avenue of prayer. Numerous invitations. I'm going to just quickly bullet point some scriptures for you. You can write these references down. But listen, listen to these invitations. Isaiah 55, 6. 
Scripture says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he's near. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says, call to me and I'll answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Jesus said, come unto me, all you are weary and laden, and I'll give you rest. Philippians Philippians 4, 6 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So there's, there's the privilege, there's the privilege of prayer, but beyond privilege, prayer has to become a priority. As we're thinking of prayer being a priority, it's interesting to look at the life of Jesus. You know, Jesus modeled for us persistent, consistent prayer. Now think about this. If Jesus, the Son of God, needed to be in connection with the Heavenly Father to the point that prayer was a routine part of His life, how much more, how much more do you and I need to be connected to the Father? My point being, if Jesus needed it, man, we need it. And what you find consistently throughout the Gospels, I mean, like Mark 135 is just one place, but this is several times throughout the Gospels, where the Scripture says that Jesus got up early in the morning and He went to a solitary place so He could connect with the Father, so He could hang out, so He could be with the Father. That wasn't just one day. That was, that was a routine in His life. It was a, it was a rhythm of His life. We know that before Jesus chose the 12 disciples, the scripture says he spent all night in prayer, talking with the Father about, you know, which 12. We know before Jesus went to the cross, we have this prayer that he he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, that agonizing prayer. So prayer, Jesus models persistent, consistent prayer. Not only that, I would want you to know, as we think about the priority of prayer, Jesus expects us to pray. Interesting, Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. Jesus said this, when you pray, not if you pray, catch this. Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Go into your closet, go into that inner room and close the door. And it's secret, it's between you and the Father. You don't need all of this repetitious words. You don't need all this, this big fanfare trying to draw attention to yourself. He says, when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, this is how you should pray. And then interesting, in, in, in um, Luke 18, 1, Jesus is telling a parable of the persistent widow. And he begins, 18, 1, Luke 18, 1 reads like this, that Jesus wanted to teach his disciples that they should always pray and keep on praying. Always pray and not give up. Always pray. And then he, he tells this parable about the persistent widow. So Jesus models prayer for us. Again, if it was important for Jesus, then that should say something to us. Not only did he model prayer, he expects us to pray. Not only does Jesus expect, expect us to pray, but God's word directs us to pray. Colossians 4.2 says this, devote yourself to prayer. Devote yourself. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says that we should pray continually. The concept here is, man, this is just kind of how I do life. Man, I'm processing life with God. It's built into my daily rhythms, my daily routines. Not like I'm praying and leaving God at home. No, I'm praying and I'm taking Him with me throughout the day. That, that 
praying continually. So Jesus modeled prayer. He expects us to pray. God's Word directs us to pray. It's it's the priority of prayer for us. So prayer is not like some optional activity for us as Christ followers. It should be significant. Matter of fact, prayer for us should be as natural and normal as breathing. Listen, you you don't have to remind yourself to breathe, do you? It's not like you're sitting there and, okay, I've got to take a breath. Oh, I've got to take a breath. No, you just naturally breathe. It's, it's, it's your response to physical life. You just naturally. The same way for us, prayer should be that natural one because we are spiritual beings. Listen, you're not a physical being. You're a spiritual being having a temporary physical experience. Prayer should be that natural for us. Because we're just doing life with God. But for that to happen, we have to, I believe we have to clearly understand the purpose of prayer. I said, if you don't understand the purpose of something, usually you will either neglect it, abuse it, or misuse it. We can talk about any number of things, but if you don't understand the purpose of something, you'll neglect it, abuse it, or misuse it. Let me give you an illustration, and maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but it really, I think, brings the point home. When my wife and I we're early married, so we're newlyweds. And we received this really nice wedding gift of kitchen knives. Uh, matter of fact, it was, it was so, nice, so nice that the people who gave us this gift uh, took time to tell us about how to care for these knives. Like you didn't put them in the dishwa- dishwasher. And this kind of, this is how you care for these knives. They had their own little wood block thing that the knives went in. And really nice gift. So one day I'm, I'm in the kitchen and I'm working on something. I don't even remember what I was working on. But I needed something to pry with. <laughs> and I was just looking for anything that was handy. So I reach up to this block where these kitchen knives are. And I pull out a knife. And I'm, I'm prying with this knife. Now, how many of you know, knives, the purpose of a knife is not to pry with. <laughs> the purpose of a knife is to what? It's to cut. And if you use it for that... If they're sharp, they, they work really well. What? That's the purpose of the knife, to cut. It was not created to pry. So I've got this knife, and I'm prying, and all of a sudden it just snaps. I'm looking at this half of a knife, and I'm thinking, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> so being the good husband that I am, I took the knife, and I hid it in the back of the drawer, <laughs> hoping that she wouldn't find it. She did, and that's another story for another time. But my point being, the knife was not created to pry with. It was created to cut. And because I was using it for the wrong purpose, I abused it. And as we think about prayer, I think it's the same. If you don't understand the purpose of prayer, then your tendency is either you're going to neglect it, you're going to misuse it, or you're going to abuse it. And I think oftentimes that's what happens in the church world today, especially in our Western culture. Because when we hear the word prayer, this is the first thing that comes to our minds. When we hear the word prayer, we think about 
what am, I going to, what am I going to ask God for? When we think about prayer, we think about petition. Okay, prayer, okay, that's when I ask God for something. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer has become for us today. And, and it's, not that, it's not that prayer is not requesting. I mean, Hebrews 4.16 says, Come boldly to God's throne of grace so that you can find help in your time of need. I believe we should bring a request to God. But my frustration today in our, in our culture, in our church culture, in our Western culture, is that we have limited prayer to this. I bring my petitions to God. I bring my list to God. And what I would want you to know this morning is prayer is so much more than you bringing your list to God. This is basically what we've done. If we're not careful, again, because we don't fully understand the purpose of prayer, we end up treating God like a genie in the bottle. Okay, we come to God, we, we rub the little bottle, and God comes out, God hears my three wishes, God grants our wishes, and then we go on about our day. Or it ends up being something like this. You have 10 minutes, only 10 minutes to connect with God, and you've got 32 things on your prayer list. So you run in for your 10 minutes, you throw up your 32 things, and then you run out about your day because you think that prayer is all about petitioning. And again, I'm not saying that it's wrong to bring your request to God. God invites us to do that. But again, prayer is so much more. But if you don't understand the purpose of prayer again, either you'll neglect it, you'll abuse it, or you'll misuse it. So what is the, what is the purpose of prayer? As I wrap this up, and that means really nothing, <laughs> let me leave you four purposes of prayer. The first purpose of prayer is this. Prayer is the means to communion with God. Or you might say it like this. Prayer is the means to fellowship with God. To hang out with God. To be in God's presence. Uh, Listen to what the psalmist wrote. Psalm 37 verses 3 through 6. It says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. It goes on to say, delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust Him and He'll do this. He'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn and the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Did you catch... Did you catch the call to relation, the call to communion here? Notice again, looking back at this verse, the Scripture says, first it says, trust in the Lord. Yeah, catch the last line here. Trust in the Lord. And then it goes on to say, delight yourself in the Lord. Then it goes on to say, commit your way to the Lord. What's the psalmist talking about here? I believe he's talking about the avenue of prayer. What we come, committing ourselves to the Lord. We're trusting in the Lord. We're delighting in the Lord. We're just hanging out with the Father. So first, I think first and foremost, what's prayer? Prayer is the privilege that God's granted us, frail, faulty human beings, to come and like hang out with Him. Just to be in His presence. Last two weeks ago, maybe three, two weeks ago, we, my wife and I had some, some families over to our home for a good southern meal. We had fried fish, frog legs, and smoked chicken, and it was really good. <laughs> but we invited our friends over, not because we wanted anything from them, 
Like I didn't send them an email before they come and say, oh, by the way, um, here's all the things you can bring me when you come. No, we just said, come. Just come and share a meal with us. Because these are folks that I just like spending time with. These are folks that I, I enjoy relationship with. And we had this wonderful meal, and then we sat out around the fire pit, and we just talked. We just kind of spent time sharing life. But we had, we had fellowship with no agenda. Listen, I, I had nothing to sell. I was not trying to sell them Amway or anything like that. No pressure. It was just like, hey, come. Come on, let's just hang out. I think prayer, the first purpose of prayer is this. It's like the privilege we have of hanging out with a God who loves us outrageously. Just being in fellowship. But I think a second purpose of prayer is that prayer is the central avenue that God uses to transform us. To to spiritually shape us. Is it... And you're thinking, most likely, you've always thought, well, prayer is like I'm dialoguing with God. And and it is. But in that process, can I tell you what's happening? God's shaping you. He's spiritually forming you through this avenue, through this process of of prayer. So so prayer is a spiritual exercise or spiritual discipline that shapes us. Recently, I, I read a really great book called Water to Wine, Water to Wine, written by Pastor Brian Zand. And he makes this statement, as I thought was a really profound statement in this book. And I'm going to read just a couple sentences out of his book. Pastor Brian wrote, The key discovery I made had to do with the fundamental purpose of prayer. The primary purpose of prayer is not to get God to do what we think God ought to do, but to be properly formed. Prayer is not about advising God or managing God. Prayer is about being properly formed. Prayer is not a letter to Santa, but a practice of spiritual formation. So what Pastor Brian's saying here is that prayer is so much more than petitioning God. Prayer is really the means through which he is like reshaping your thinking, your desires, He's shaping you as to the future he has for you through the process of a prayer. Now, Romans 12, uh, verse 2, Paul wrote these words. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform. How? Renewing of your mind. Part of the renewing of the mind happens through the process of prayer. But as we're, as we're in relationship with the Father... But he begins to shape us, to change us, to influence us, to influence our thinking. But it's the process of prayer is the means of spiritual formation. It's a means of God, um, again, um, building into our lives. Mark Batterson says it really well in his book, The Circle Maker. He says, who, who you become is determined by how you pray. That's a pretty bold statement. Who you become... Is determined by how you pray. Ultimately, the transcript of your prayers becomes the script of your life. The transcript of your prayers becomes the script of where you're gro- where you're going. Why? Because it's through prayer that we're formed, and as we're formed, it positions us as to the future God has for us. 
So prayer, a second purpose of prayer is it's a means of spiritual formation. Here's a, here's a third purpose of prayer. Prayer is a means to partner with God in His work in our world. To partner with God. You know, 1 Corinthians 3.9 says that we are God's fellow laborers. I don't know if you've ever thought of yourself that way. But Paul says you're a fellow laborer. Now, it's not like we're like co-equal with God. Listen, God's, uh, God's in an office all by himself. Okay? Think ultimate CEO. And we're like junior partners in the firm. But what we're, what we're partnering with God. And I think that's amazing. I mean, think about this. The God who lacks nothing, the God who needs nothing, the God who spoke the world into existence, the God who has no limits, the God who is eternal, has chosen to grant us the privilege of partnering with him in his work in this world. I think that's amazing. How do we do that? I think it's through the process of prayer. Through prayer, we discover direction. Through prayer, we get revelation. Through prayer, we're empowered to be about God's work in the world. I know just coming up this week, this, this coming Thursday and Friday, I'm going away with about 60 leaders from Grace Covenant. We're going to spend two days praying. We're going to worship and we're going to pray for two days. That's that's all we're going to do. I'm not going to teach. I'm not going to preach. We're going to go. We're going to worship and we're going to pray. Because for me, there's nothing more important than this question. What's God saying? When I know what God's saying, I'm ready to charge hell with a water pistol. I, I am tenacious. I am persistent when I know what God's saying. So through prayer, it's the avenue that we have to discover the heart of God so that we can know the will of God so we can carry out the way of God. So prayer is this avenue to, to partnership with God. I think the final purpose of prayer is that prayer is key to, to spiritual warfare. And it's key to guarding ourselves from the deception of Satan. In case you're not a, aware of this fact, I think most of you would be, but just in case you're not, let me tell you this morning, you have an adversary. You have one who is opposed to you. That's what an adversary is. You have one who's standing against you. You have an, you have an enemy that wants to mess you up. He wants to wreck your life. If you're married, he wants to wreck your marriage. If you have children, he wants to, he wants to mislead your children. Finances, he wants to mess those up too. So we have an adversary who is working against us. I mean, Peter makes this very clear. First Peter 5, 8 says, be self-controlled and alert. I think reference to prayer, self-controlled and alert. For your adversary, the devil, is prowling around like a roaring lion, seeking those who may devour. In other words, he has a strategy that's about destruction for your life. How can we guard ourselves from that? I believe through prayer. I think prayer becomes an active means of you and I staying alert to and protecting ourselves from the very strategies of hell set against us. There's a very clear illustration of this. In Luke 22, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane. So this is just before going to the cross. 
just before he's going to face the crucifixion. He is in agonizing prayer. And if you remember, while Jesus was praying, the disciples was doing what? They were sleeping, right? And so at one point, Jesus goes to the disciples and he wakes them up. And he says something, I think, pretty profound. Luke 22, verse 6. Listen to what Jesus said. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Get up and pray so you guard yourself from temptation. You guard yourself from the very strategy of hell. And guard yourself from making that foolish unwise decision through the process the process of prayer and then in Ephesians chapter 6 the latter part of the chapter Paul's talking in Ephesians 6 about about spiritual armor because we're in a spiritual conflict he says you need to put on spiritual armor to uh, prepare you for the spiritual conflict and and the latter part of that passage of scripture verse 18 Paul wrote these words he said he said, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions. And always present your requests to God. Or always be praying, presenting your requests to God. So in the midst of talking about spiritual warfare, Paul says, oh, and by the way, here's a great way you stay alert. You need to pray. So what prayer, prayer protects us. Protects us not only from the, the deception of the enemy, But I believe that prayer protects us from the stupidity of our own humanity. One of the things I've come to discover is the devil doesn't cause all of my problems. I call some of my own. And I just have the ability in my humanity to not always make wise decisions. And you know what I believe? I believe that through the process of prayer of living my life connected with the Father, He's like in this process of guiding my life. But it's a point of guarding ourselves. I know this is kind of a crazy illustration, but I think prayer's a lot like sunscreen. And growing up on the farm as a kid, I, I was, I mean, there wasn't a place you could put your finger on my face where there was not a freckle. And I didn't have much hair because mom kept, kept it cut off and it was blonde. And I always had a red nose, so I was either called Cotton Top or Rudolph. That was my nickname. <laughs> My nose was always red. My face was always red because I was, I was constantly sunburnt. Working on a farm, uh, we were out in the sun all the time. So I would just burn. Throughout the summer, I would burn and peel, burn and peel, burn and peel. That's why today I, I'm having to deal with some precancerous skin stuff on my face because we didn't use sunscreen. And um, after going to the doctor, the dermatologist about all of this and the money I've spent to deal with this, I've decided I'm not going outside without sunscreen. So if I'm on the farm, if I'm going fishing, if I'm playing golf, if I'm on the lake, I don't have one layer. I have three layers of sunscreen. (coughs) Why do I do that? Because sunscreen protects us from the harmful rays of the sun. It's a means of protection. If you think of it in the same way, what's prayer? Prayer, one of the purposes of prayer is it's a means of protection to protect you from an adversary that wants to wreck your life. But as, that's why we need to stay what connected, connected in relationship with the Father. There's a great story of a kindergarten class. 
that went to a, a fire station, oftentimes as kindergartners do or first graders, you know, they go to the fire station to learn about fire safety, what to do if there's a fire, kind of all this precautionary um, activity so our kids are informed. And so these kindergartners, they go to the, the fire station, the fireman was explaining what to do in case of a fire. He says, well, the first thing you want to do to the children, he says, you want to go to the door, you want to put your hand on the door and see if the door's hot. He says, then the second thing you want to do, this is the fireman talking, he says, you want to fall down on your knees. And he asked this group of kindergartners this question. He says, after you fall down on your knees, do you know what you need to do? And one little boy said, sure, start praying and ask God to get you out of that mess. <laughs> I, I do believe that when we're in a mess, we should cry out to God. I, I, I'm, I'm not saying that prayer is not petitioning. We'll talk more about that next week. But what I would want you to know is that prayer is more than crisis relief. Prayer is more than, here God, I've got these 12 needs that I really need you to meet, that I really want you to meet. You throw them up and then you kind of take off. Listen, prayer is is so much more. And what's the purpose of prayer? It's it's the means of communion, fellowship. It's the means that we hang out with. A Father who loves us outrageously. Prayer is the means of how God's forming our lives. How He's shaping, reshaping, spiritually shaping our lives. I I think prayer is a a means of partnership. It's how how we partner with God. And His work in our world. And, and obviously, I, I think prayer, the purpose of prayer is, wow, it makes us alert to the reality of an adversary that wants to mess us up. Eyes to see. Sensitivity. Why? Because, man, we're just kind of processing life with God. We've kind of built this prayer into the daily rhythms of our lives. And in that, what we, man, lives are being transformed. That's the purpose of prayer. Pastor C.H. Spurgeon said it so well, I'll leave you with this quote. He says, if you want this splendid power in prayer, you must remain in loving, living, lasting, conscious, practical, abiding union. With the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes back to John 15, 5, where Jesus said, Hey, you want life? You want fruitfulness? Here's the key. Abide in me. Connect to the source. Well, Lord, I thank you this morning that you've given us this avenue. Well, it, 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 the whole thing, God, is almost more than I can get my mind around. That you, the perfect one, who would create this avenue that we, the far from perfect, would be able to relate to you, would be able to receive from you, would be able to get direction from you. Wow, what a privilege. So Lord, my, my hope this morning is as we've talked about the, the purpose of prayer, God, that individuals' minds have been stretched a little more about the value of prayer, the significance of prayer, the priority of prayer, and why it's important. 
Lord, I pray for myself and for all of my friends here this morning. Holy Spirit, that you would help us build prayer just again into the daily rhythms of our lives. We're, we're connecting with God in prayers as natural as, as breathing is to our physical body. That that would just be a natural response. Lord, I think we're all a little bit like the disciples this morning who was saying, Jesus, teach us how to pray. Lord, so that would be our humble posture this morning. Holy Spirit, teach us every day. Help us grow. Help us grow in our understanding of prayer. God, we just thank you today for your love for us and the privilege that you've granted to us. The privilege of prayer. Amen. For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.